0: Before I introduce you to my wonderful guest today, I wanted to share some exciting news about Empower Her Circle membership. With this membership, you will have access to all of my online courses, and you'll have a new theme every month. We'll be holding Q&As. There will be downloadable affirmations, journal prompts, some music downloads, and at the VIP level, you'll get to work with me in a group coaching session get 10% off merchandise and early access to events. So if you want to learn more, go to drjuliehanks.com. All right. Today I have Erica in the studio. Well, actually on Zoom here. Welcome to the show, Erica.
1: Thanks. I'm happy to be here. Excited to have a conversation with you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. What is your question for me today?
1: So I've been following you and your podcast for probably six months now, and it's already helped me immensely. But what I want to focus on today is how might purity culture be affecting my relationship um, with my husband specifically?
0: Mm, okay. So I'm going to turn that back around and ask you what you've noticed. How might purity culture be affecting your marriage? What have you I noticed? knew
1: you might say that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're
1: like, okay. (laughs) So I've been, I've been thinking about how I want to answer that. And I think it affects my relationship and our relationship by feeling maybe, and my husband doesn't do this. He's great. But I think the culture around makes me feel objectified and more like more just of like a body. Mm -hmm. And logically I know that I'm more than the sum of my parts, but I feel like if I could bring my whole self into our relationship, that it would be better that way.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what parts do you feel you might be holding back? Like particularly from your sexual relationship?
1: Maybe being able to, we communicate well, but I still feel like I'm guarded in the way I communicate with him. Okay. In regards to, what I like, what I don't like, and maybe I'm afraid how I might make him feel rejected or yeah, maybe I'm guarded in my communication.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes that can be because sexuality is framed as like a male thing. Mm -hmm. Like men are sexual, women aren't. And so we don't have permission as females to really like own our own sensuality and sexuality it's like, we're here for the man and for mm-hmm. his pleasure and for, to make sure he's comfortable and he feels good and he, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I want you to think about what you would say or do if this was just as much about you as him. Yeah. How, and how would that change your interaction?
1: Uh, it would change it completely around. <laughs> and we've kind of, we've kind of explored that recently a little bit and it already has helped like I listened to your podcast when you were on ladies talking love Mm -hmm. and that led me to some other stuff and it really helped me focus on and realize that media is the way the media portrays it is completely wrong (laughs) but sometimes that's the only all we have to judge it off of all that we're given but what you have and what they have helped me realize is that Sometimes you just have to make it separate, make it his pleasure and make it her pleasure mm-hmm. and take time to explore both of those separately. And they're not always going to happen at the same time. simultaneously. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So prioritizing your pleasure as equal to his is a huge key. Yeah. So what would that look like, Erica, to ask for and prioritize your own pleasure?
1: Um, It would look like just kind of taking turns in the bedroom saying, okay, this time we're going to try this out and this is going to be for you and just being clear of those expectations and that communication Mm -hmm. and then say, after that, we're going to try this, this, and this and try it out Mm -hmm. and kind of taking the pressure off of it, maybe just Mm -hmm. saying, I don't know if this will work, but let's try it and see.
0: Yeah, being more experimental, experiential, and like let's try this. Yeah, yeah. I I think I think you're right on with that. I think you're right on and expressing what feels good to you, what doesn't. Oh, I don't like that. Oh, I like that. You know, being very clear about what you want and don't want is going to be really important.
1: I I think that's a skill we have to develop, and we didn't really know we had to develop it. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And men are raised in the same culture that women are, where they learn that sex is about them and for them. And so, you know, it's good practice for him to be like, Oh, it's not all about me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. You know, that's, it's good. It's good practice to, to take turns. I like that idea a lot. Um, Other, other ways purity culture might be affecting your relationship. How about your relationship with your body
1: i'm I'm happy with my body mm-hmm. and I don't feel like it's made me self conscious, but maybe it's made me like kind of suppress my sexuality like we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. and it's made me self conscious around men and I know you talked about that before with mm-hmm. what it has to do with like modesty culture and how we mm-hmm. feel mm-hmm. um I'm okay with my husband because that's those reactions, those feelings are supposed to happen, but I'm, I'm guarded or I think too much around other men.
0: Mm, Like trying to control what they think or feel or what?
1: Yeah. Like I'm afraid of what their thoughts are and that sounds selfish or that sounds like maybe, I don't know. I feel weird saying that because I'm just an average looking woman. I don't stand out, but I'm worried that the men around me are having inappropriate thoughts.
0: Okay. So what if they are?
1: There's nothing I can do about it.
0: <laughs> and what if they'd have those no matter what you were wearing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I would I I don't know. I still feel guilty. Like maybe I was smiled too much, or maybe I
0: I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So part of the purity culture and overemphasizing modesty is that kind of putting that responsibility on women to like it's your responsibility to help them control their thoughts and we're just you know we're just not that powerful <laughs> to be able to control people's thoughts I mean if we could like that would that would be like a superpower right we don't yeah. actually have that
1: yeah, that's a good point <laughs> like we're not that powerful <laughs>
0: yeah that helps (laughs) catch catch yourself when you're thinking oh I wonder if he's thinking this and think okay whatever like that's his maybe he is maybe he isn't but there's nothing I can do about it Mm -hmm. like I don't have that superpower yet (laughs) hopefully (laughs) yeah really yeah that's so interesting that I'm glad you're comfortable around your husband. That's, that can be a problem too. So I'm glad that's not a problem.
1: That's something we've worked on. I I think, you know, when we first got married, that was a progress, but now that we've been married over five years, I'm glad we were able to overcome
0: that. So good. Good. Yeah. Good. Also when you are around other men, consider that you are more than your body you are a human being, you have thoughts, you have feelings, you have, (laughs) you know, experience life experience, you have relationships that you're kind of this, you're this multidimensional person. And so don't read, don't self objectify. Mm. Like, remember that you are all of those parts, not just a body.
1: Okay, no, I like that. And that's something I want to work on and change before I try and teach that to my daughter, but how, so what tools are there to, I guess to not objectify yourself, I guess. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So practicing being in your body instead Mm -hmm. of viewing your body from how an outsider might be viewing you. Oh, okay. Right. So how do I feel in these shorts? Uh-huh. How do I feel doing this activity? How do I feel in this conversation? And being in your body instead of observing your body, that's called self objectification.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And Beauty Redefined has a whole book called More Than a Body on this very topic that's excellent. And they have courses and things like that. So At Beauty Redefined on Instagram and their website is Beauty Redefined. So that's a really good resource.
1: I'll have to look into that. That sounds that sounds good. Yeah.
0: But when you're seeing your body from like wondering how other people are seeing your body, that's self-objectification. Interesting. We want to be in our bodies, not (laughs) viewing our bodies from outside, right? Because our bodies are a tool to move through life, to connect with other people to have experiences, not to be viewed.
1: Yeah. They're more than just the outside appearance. You have internal things going on. You Mm -hmm. have emotions going on. So it's more than just how it
0: looks. Exactly. Exactly. And so teaching your children how to be in their body, how to identify their feelings and their thoughts and their wants and how They feel doing certain activities, being in their body, not just how do I look to other people.
1: It's a really good point. I like that.
0: Yeah, it's that concept has really helped me (laughs) when I when I catch myself being outside of my body, viewing myself.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Instead of like, okay, no, I live in it. Like it feels great to me. So I can't worry about that. (laughs) But perceptions of how I'm being viewed. So I hope that helps.
1: That That's a really good point. I'll have to, when I listen to this podcast again, I'll have to look more into what was
0: more than a body, I think you said. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you have another question for me regarding teaching your kids this stuff?
1: Yes. So chastity is still important and I still would like to teach that to my daughter and my children. But how do you teach it and emphasize it without the shame aspect
0: of it? Mm. Okay, so let's define chastity. What does that mean to you?
1: To me, it is saving your sexual relationships until after marriage.
0: Okay. So the important part about that is teaching why. It's not because sex is bad or your body is bad or... But why, why do you, I mean, like I'm asking you, why (laughs) is that important for them?
1: Um, It's important for them. And it's important for me because I believe that you can have the best, most secure relationships after marriage and that sex is a beautiful thing, but it's, you will enjoy it the most when you do it with someone that you love and trust and you can be vulnerable
0: with. Mm Great. Great. So make sure that that is in there, not just sex is bad. Don't think about it. Don't do it. Don't do it (laughs) until you're you're married. Do you have children yet?
1: Yeah, I have two children.
0: Okay. They're still young, but. Okay. So some people, some kids don't know if their parents have sex or not. And it's not like you're going to want them in the room, right? But (laughs) But being open about the fact that you do have a sexual relationship, I think is key like modeling because they're seeing through movies and videos and different, different media that sexuality outside of marriage is totally fun, exciting. That's what everybody does. Right? Yeah. And then we're not offering a better version. If we're not talking about how great it is in marriage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, so being open about the fact that you have a satisfying sexual relationship as married people is important.
1: It is important, but it's also not easy to talk about. <laughs> right.
0: Right. And you don't have to be like, yeah, hey, we're going to have sex right now, but, um, but just being open about sexuality in general and, and as kids grow up and they learn about sexuality and they ask questions, answer the questions, be open. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. This is when you're, you know, talking about what sex is. Yeah. This is something that mom and dad do with each other. We share it with each other. You can, you can talk about it. in
1: yeah, in age appropriate ways. And Mm -hmm. I feel like my parents would have answered my questions, but why didn't I feel comfortable asking them? How do I change Mm -hmm. that with my kids?
0: Mm -hmm. When they do ask you things, you don't freak out things about (laughs) about bodies about well how come you know I remember one of my kids is like mom you have a funny penis (laughs) I was like oh well that's actually not a penis it's called a vulva you know like just to answer and respond just as matter-of-factly as you can Mm -hmm. when they ask about it it yeah right and their body parts and uh, if they ask about menstruation like oh well why you know what's that are you okay mom it's like oh yeah well this is menstruation and this is what what happens and just describing it describing body parts and functions just as matter of fact okay instead of like oh my gosh what am I gonna say ah. <laughs> <Just to> answer <laughs> the question answer the question and and offer you know uh, like validate their curiosity all of those things are things that you can do to to really help your kids.
1: No, that makes sense. Just making it matter of fact and not making it shameful or scary or any of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Easier um, said than done. Yeah.
1: <laughs> with practice, like everything. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Definitely.
1: So I guess along with that, and it's still a ways down the line before I have to worry about that, but I feel like as women, we're expected to, suppress our sexual exploration until marriage. And then all of a sudden we're supposed to want everything (laughs) and do everything. Mm -hmm. And the restraint of youth isn't necessarily helpful bridging that gap. I guess, are there any other, what, what advice would you give teenagers in, in and what does healthy sexual exploration look like before marriage and after marriage?
0: It looks like having access to information. So having books, having um, access to accurate sexual health information, Uh it looks like talking about and with your children as sexual beings, talking about attraction, talking about, you know, making out or kissing or like having open conversations about that. Okay. That if they do see and find someone attractive or they are physically aroused that it's not bad. Like, <laughs> oh good. It, everything works. Like that's good. Yeah.
1: What's supposed to happen?
0: <laughs> yeah. So validating. One of the the hard things about teaching no sex before marriage is that they might choose to be sexual outside of marriage. Yeah. And a lot of kids are not prepared. Yeah. Because parents are like, Oh, my kids are waiting till they're married. <laughs> you know, but, so educating them, helping them know how to access contraception, that actually doesn't make it more likely that they're going to have sex. Yeah. I, That's I, people's fear, right? Like <laughs> if I talk about it, then they're going to want to do it. They're going to want to do it anyway. So you might as well talk about it and make sure that they they are prepared. So whatever you can do to prepare your child as they get older, for a positive sexual experience, hopefully after marriage, but possibly before mm-hmm. <laughs> but you want it to be a positive experience. yeah, so how can you arm them with information with tools with relationship skills, with emotional management skills, with uh, you know identifying red flags in relationships so, our sexual health is about all different parts of ourselves too, right? It's not just like this separate thing and we kind of separate it out like, okay, here's this sex thing over here, but it impacts all parts of you. It's
1: connected to all emotional aspects of your life.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So is your child prepared for those experiences in those other areas too?
1: Uh, yeah. I guess it comes down to how well of an example am I setting for them in those mm-hmm. other areas? in those other areas, how well are me and my husband communicating
0: and, Mm -hmm.
1: and talking about differences?
0: Yep, exactly. Yeah. What are you thinking? I can see your, our listeners can't see your wheels turning, but I can.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you just brought up a conversation that me and my husband had back a year ago. Okay. We were just, it was a casual conversation, but we asked, "Oh, what would be the what would make, break your heart the most if your children? What commandment would break your heart the most if mm-hmm. our children broke it?" Mm-hmm. And immediately, to my mind, I was like, "Oh, a lot of chastity. That's the most important. That's the worst." And my husband was. Now that I think about it, he had the much more sound answer. He's like, "No, it would be so much more discouraging if our kids got into drugs or got into something addictive." And, um, yeah, that makes sense to me too. Like that would be, that would be worse, but just because it's so attached, like love chastity is so attached to me emotionally. Mm. I just automatically jumped to that one. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to me. Why, why I, that one was more important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. And then you think about it, you're like, you know, it's actually not the end of the world. Like it's no. not the end of their life. And People have sex all the time. And (laughs) I think I totally personally agree with you that a committed loving relationship is the place where you can have the most satisfaction sexually. So I'm totally with you. And there are a lot of people having it outside of that, that are really enjoying it. So, (laughs) but I, I think you're right. I think you're, you're smart to think through that that automatic, like, Oh, that would be the worst thing. Really? (laughs) Like I can think of a lot worse things. (laughs) Like, like, yeah, a lot, a lot worse. So, um, yeah, I'm glad you're thinking through that.
1: (laughs) Me too. It's just, it, uh, it just takes a second to step back and think through your jerk reactions, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Those automatic responses, I think. Um, yeah, it's everybody has them, right? And we have to we don't have to, but we can look at them and examine them and be more aware and insightful. So well, Erica, what are you going to take with you from our time today?
1: A lot of good things. Um I definitely like the idea of focusing on communication and really explaining to my husband what it would look like for him to have pleasure and what it would look like for me to have pleasure.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: taking the the pressure off of it and just treating it more playfully I guess mm-hmm. and I also like the idea of trying to view myself in my body instead of outside my body yeah and then just when it comes to teaching children, I think the most the best point I want to take from that is just take the pressure off of it and talk normalize it and make it a uh, easy environment and normal to talk about sexual health
0: yeah wonderful wonderful I'm so glad you came on the podcast today I think our conversation is really going to help a lot of people think through these really tough challenging parts of being a a human being so thank you Erica
1: I hope so I hope it helps there's a lot of room for growth in our culture so yeah for sure
0: thanks again thank you